Happy anniversary or happy birthday, Heritage of Faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to give honor to whom honor is due. I want everyone to stand and give an applause to Miss Carolyn for... um, You know, um, you know this. We're here because of one on one God's heart, but we're also here because of the Savelle's obedience. I mean, I've been in ministry. This February will be fifty years in ministry. Offices on <laughs> different continents, all over the world. Um, John Ben Dixon, stand up, John Ben Dixon. He's he pastors three Heritage of Faith churches in South Africa, and so. You know, he oversees all of Africa, the missions, and, and but he also oversees three Heritage of Faith churches in South Africa. And, and, and so we're here today because Miss Carolyn heard the word of the Lord saying, there's hurting people, I want you to love them for me. Amen. And so today is a, is a day of a celebration of, yeah, that we, we, you know, 18 years we're still here. God's, God's in this place. His word is still going forth. And the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. So this, today is a day of celebration. It, it's, a, it's a day where, you know, when you sell, no, no matter where you are in your walk with God, celebrate, celebrate the fact that you know that you're right where God wants you to be. And I celebrate each one of you that have been here, whether it's since the very beginning, whether it's been, where it's been or if it's been just two months or one month or one week, or maybe this is your first visit. I celebrate you. Because you know what? You're a part of something that God established. That's right. Amen. No matter how long you're here, matter where, but you're, you're a part of something that God, God started. God woke her up on a Saturday night and said, there's hurting people. I want you to love them for me. And two weeks later, the heritage, three weeks later, the heritage, heritage had their first church service. It wasn't a year of planning and, well, we need all this. We, no, they had their first service. <laughs> you know, and I guess it took me two years before I got obedient and got here. So, <laughs> but... And, and then so Annette and I, we kind of an honor to be able to oversee this aspect of your and Dr. Savell's uh, ministry. Amen. Thank you for trusting us and, and thank you for trusting all our volunteers and our leadership to handle with care something God entrusted you with. You know, because that's really what, what God calls you to something. It's, it's handling it with care because God brought it to you it must be important and the enemy would love nothing more than pull that out of you that's why he comes immediately to steal the word why because he doesn't want you walking in the fullness of who you really are that's why the enemy wants to destroy families destroy children why because if he can take out the purpose take them away from the purpose then they'll never fulfill what they were really created for. And here at Heritage of Faith, we're about making winners in life. And we do it through an experience with God, equipping people with the word, and engaging them to influence the world around them. Amen. Amen. That's what we're about. You know, this this is our last service of just having one service. And some of you are like, oh, no, this is is exciting. This is exciting. 
You know, as you heard me, when we announced this, if you heard me talk about it, this, because, because that, that phrase, there's hurting people, is so much bigger than what this room can hold. You know, you know there's, you might see just what it is right now, but God sees thousands of people that need to receive what's coming from this place. And so when you leave today, the, the greeters will be out there and, and they'll be handing you cards when you go out. And this just says, you can sit with me. And it has the service times on the back and, and just hand it to someone and say, hey, you can come, come sit with me. And our services will be 9 and 11. And so bring someone with you. We're, we're create, this is about, this isn't, you know, because like I said, this, it would be comfortable just to say, stay where we are. We'll have our service and, you know, we, we'll be, you know, full and it's exciting. The atmosphere is great. But then, then what would happen if we get to the end of what we're called to do and, say, and God would say, I've called you to do, I called you to do a bigger impact than what you did. But you know what? It was, it was so much nicer to just do one service. It was so much easier just to do one service. No, this is about people. If I knew it made it about my, if we made it about ourselves, <laughs> one service is, is fine. But this isn't about ourselves. You know what? And you're, so you're called to something bigger. Call, you're called to something bigger. So get hooked up, get plugged in. Start serving somewhere. Bring somebody with you. Amen. It's the best is yet to come for heritage of faith. Amen. Amen. Give God a shout of praise for that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to try not to review too much. Um, because this is all about where, where we're at as a church. And when we had uh, been in our thought process for over a year about going to two services. And once we solidified in our heart, this is the direction that we believe the Lord was leading us. And he said, make room, lengthen your stakes, strengthen your cords. And, and that part where, well, what if, what if this isn't the right time? What if this isn't that? Or what if this? Or what if that? And, and he said, go to Ecclesiastes. And he said, you know, he who regards the rain won't sow. And he regards the clouds, you know, won't plant. So, how, so he's saying, saying, if you're just looking in the way things look in the natural, you'll never get to where, where, you're, where I desire you to be or where I desire you to go. And, and so when we were praying over this, and, and uh, back in uh, June, we did a planning session meeting with our team. And, 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 and before I had that meeting, the Lord started ministering to me about this. And he said, you're not, this isn't just a season to go to two services. He said, this is a season of synergy. And from when I knew this had to be the Lord because Justin doesn't use the word synergy. And so I'm like, synergy? This is a season of synergy? I'm like, that sounds weird, but okay, Lord, okay. What? So, so I said, minister to, minister to me what you mean by a season of synergy. And so I looked up the word synergy, and it means when two or more things come together, they make something greater. A season of synergy. And I said, Lord, can you, can you show me a scripture? About this, because I'm a word man. I, I want to see it in the word. I just don't want to come up with something that sounds good. But I, I want to see it in the word, all right? And so, so he said, so, we, so as I was going through study, and I came, came to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, and it says this, For we are laborers together with God. Now, the word laborers together in the Greek is synergos. And it's where we get our word synergy. So it says, for we are laborers together with God. 
laborers together with God. He started talking about the synergy and he made this statement to me. He goes, Justin, if synergy didn't exist, nothing would exist. He started about the principle of synergy and then he said, he, and he started talking about the law of synergy. And, and so I'm like, the law of synergy? He goes, yeah. He goes, nothing can exist by itself. I was like, okay. And, and so, so if we look at this glass of water, you know what? You're seeing the power of synergy. You know, why can't I just see water? No, you're seeing the power of synergy. Well, come on, Pastor, that's just water. No, no, you're seeing the power of synergy. Because, see, water just isn't water. It's, it's H2O. See, it, you can't, it can't be water just in within itself. It has to have something more to make it better. Hydrogen is great. Oxygen is great. But when you join them together, you get water. You know, well, what about a single cell organism? It's not a single cell organism. Everything, everything that exists is made up of atoms. Well, well, it's Adam. Well, Adam's sing- no, an atom isn't singular. In order for an atom to be an atom, it has to have three parts. Electrons, protons, and neutrons. So, so nothing you see is created independent of itself. Well, what about God? Well, he said, let us make man in our image. So, so you see, you see, it's, you know, it, everything is better when it's working with something else. The law of synergy. You know, one can chase a thousand. But two can put 10,000 to flight. So you, you, you see this everywhere. See, you're not just a human, but you're made up what? A spirit, a soul, and a body. Nothing is singular in itself. So we are laborers together with God. See, in order for God to do what he wants to do in the earth, it's going to, it requires you and I. Sometimes I'm like, poor guy. <laughs> I feel sorry for God sometimes now. He, he limited himself to work through humanity. He confined himself to his word. He can't operate outside of his word. He has to have humanity get involved with his word. You see, it, it fascinates me the fact that it says the very heavens can't contain him, but yet I can limit him. Think about it. He said he, in, in, in Psalm 77, he talks about how they turned back and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Wow. So my thought is, how can you limit a God that has no limits? I'm not... I, I'm not, I'm not handcuffing him. I'm handcuffing myself. So synergy, the law of synergy. So he said, Justin, this isn't just a season to go to two services. If you just go to two services, you're just going to have two services. But this is a season of synergy. Laboring together with God. You know, Jesus' success was founded on the fact that not because he was Jesus... His success was founded on the fact that God, that they were, he was a laborer together with God. You know, we, we, we talked about last week, Acts 10, 38, the very end of that, it says, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. He was with him. 
Jesus said, I didn't come down to do my own will. I didn't come down to do my own desire, my own purpose, but I came down to do the will, the pleasure, the purpose, and the desire of him that sent me. See, see, Jesus was getting hooked up with his father to do something greater in the earth. Labors together with God. This is a season where God is, going, is working with us, working in us, and working through us. In, a, in a, I believe it's in Philippians chapter 2.13, it says, it is his will to do, he, 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 he's working in you. He's working in you. Say he's working in me. He's working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. Man, he wants to work in you. You know, everywhere you go, you're on assignment. And he's wanting to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. He's working in you. Say, he's working in me. Jesus, Jesus said this. He, he said, after he said, go into all the world, he, he says this, and I'll be with you even to the end of the earth. In Mark chapter 16, he's, after he gave them the great commission, he, he, said, he, he said they went everywhere preaching. And he said he was working with them with signs following the word preached. See, it's God working with you. It's God working with us. This is a season of synergy. Like It's not just going to two services, but God's working with us. There's something that God wants to do in your life and do through your life. Man, there's greatness on the inside of you. You're, you're called to great things. You're called to do great things. God wants to do great things with your hands. God wants to give, give his kingdom, his people and his kingdom, wisdoms and insights, creative ideas. He wants to do marvelous things through you. That's why the power of synergy is so important. We are laborers together with God. Let's look at that verse again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Says we for we are laborers together with God, and you are God's husbandry. God's husbandry. That's not a word I use. Like Vic, you sure are God's husbandry, man. You look good. Man, if I've ever seen husbandry, you're it. What does that mean? We're God's husbandry. It means that you're God's cultivated field. The word husbandry there means you're a cultivated field. What is a cultivated field? It's one that's been refined. It's one that's the soil has been turned over. It's a, it's a soil where the, where the ground is ready to produce. See, we're laborers together with God, and you are God's cultivated field. You're, you're, meaning that he's done a work in you for you to produce fruit. See, he's done a work in Heritage of Faith for, for 18 years. He's done a work in Justin's life, in Annette's life. You know what? And there's some things he wants to do. You know what? You are God's husbandry. You are God's cultivated field. That means he's ready to do something through your life. Go to John chapter 15. And we'll come back to 1 Corinthians 3. We're laborers together with him. John chapter 15. Thank you, Father. John chapter 15, verse 1, says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Okay, wait a minute. This, what, what did 1 Corinthians say? 
We are laborers together with God, and we are God's husbandry. Now, Jesus is talking here, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. You see, so, so without the husbandman, Jesus couldn't produce what he needed to produce. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the, husband, is the husbandman. What is a husbandman? It is, in this particular, it's, it's a cultivated, it's one who cultivates the field. It's a, it's a vine dresser. Now, a vine dresser just doesn't reap, reap fruit, but the vine dresser prunes. The vine dresser takes things out that don't belong. The vine dresser takes, takes and digs out around the, the base of the plant, and they're cultivating everything. They're pulling out the weeds. They're pulling out things that don't need to be there. And what they're doing, they're, they're providing every opportunity and everything that that vine needs to do its job. So here it's saying, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. Look, I am the true, look no further, Woo, me, he, true vine, right here. I like what, what Trace said, boop, 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 you know, you know, growing fruit, right? And so, so I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. My father is the, the vine dresser. And he says this, he goes, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring more fruit. See, God's out for harvest. God's out for, for increase. God's out for your life to increase. He's out for a heritage of faith to increase. He's out for Jerry'sville ministries to increase. And so here he says, he's the husbandman. So he says, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, you know what? My, the husband, he takes care of it. He's taking those things off me. Why? Because he, what does he want? He wants more fruit. Then verse three says, now you are clean through the word that I've spoken to you. So Jesus is saying, no, just as my father, just as my father, who's the husbandman, just as he does what he does and did in my life, you know what? The same thing as happens to you through my word. You are clean. You are changed. You are transformed by the word that I've spoken unto you. The next verse says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. See, what are we seeing here? We're seeing the law of synergy. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So Jesus couldn't bear fruit apart from the father. And now it says here, we're not going to bear fruit apart from him. So this is the law of synergy. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except what it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abide in me. That's synergy. And I in him. The same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. See, we need this, this relationship. We need this, this relationship with the Father is vital. This relationship that Jesus had with the Father was vital. Your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with the word, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is vital because it's in this connection. It's this working together that God's going to do great things in your life, do through your life. It's not just a season to go to two services. It's a season of synergy. It's a season. See, see, you're, what it's talking about here is you're going to grow fruit according to what you're in connection with. So whatever you're connected with is the fruit that you're going to grow. So here says, abide in me. 
Get connected with me. You know, and I talked about this last week, but just want to bring this out for a moment. In, in, in John 5, verses 17 through 20, you can make note of that. Jesus talks about, I only did the things I saw my father do, right? And it goes on in verse 20, and it says, it says this. It says, it says, because the father dearly loves the son, it says he reveals things to him. So we got to see. So Jesus only did things he saw his father do. And the father showed him to him because he dearly loved the son. You see, you have to, we have to, he, he, became, he was a son. This is, this is about relationship. And I want you to see the vitalness of this relationship, what God's entrusted us to uh, us with as it pertains to his purpose. Now let's look back at John 15 here a second. And let's go to verse 14. It says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant doesn't know what the Lord does, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now get this. He, he says here, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant doesn't know what the Lord does, but I have called you friends. See, all of a sudden now we see a shift in relationship, Kenny. We see a shift in relationship We're going from, well, this is what you were. You were a servant, but I've called you friends. Now, now we can look at it just on the, on the surface. Okay, a servant works for someone. Well, what is a friend? A friend works with someone. See, God is working with us. This is a season of synergy. But I, I want you to see the definition. I'm going to have Rick read this. And so you can see this because this is actually the definition in the Greek is a, a companion, one that's close by. But when, but when this word friend is spoken from the position of a rabbi, when a rabbi is saying friend, and see what they consider Jesus, they consider Jesus, they called him rabbi, rabbi. So, so it's a totally different connotation of what this word friend means. And so I want you to read this definition right here. And I pulled this out of the, the, the Greek text where it's highlighted. Okay. One of the bridegroom's friends who on his behalf asked the hand of the bride and rendered him various services in closing the marriage and celebrating the nuptials. You can hold over that. Now, let me, let me say it again. A, a friend is a, uh, the friend is, it's a, a friend of the bridegroom who invites people to the wedding. Now get a picture of this. A friend, what he's talking about here is a friend, is a bridegroom. It's a friend of the bridegroom who invites people to the wedding. You see, Kenny, every time you go out and you witness and evangelize, you're inviting people to the, you're inviting people to the wedding. See, every time you evangelize someone, you're inviting someone to the wedding. See, it's not just a friend, but it's, a, it's the friend of a bridegroom. It's the friend of the bridegroom who invites people to the wedding. And then it says, and he renders services up till the time of the ceremony. So when it's a friend, it's not just like, hey, me and Jesus, we're buds. We hang out. We're close. Woo. You know, he's my man. We, he's my homeboy. What? 
yes, we, we, we can be friends with Jesus, but understand the purpose of, of the friend here is it's a shift in relationship. I'm not just doing something for him, but now I'm coming alongside of him and I'm taking part in what he's a part of. I'm taking a part in the kingdom of God. I'm taking a part of what he's coming back for. I'm taking a part of, of what he's all about. So, so when you call, talk about a friend here and say, you know what, I'm getting involved with him. I'm, I'm involved with him. I'm getting involved with him because, because there's purpose. There's, and I'm working with him. And he's working with me. See, it's this, it's this from a servant to a friend. It's that shift in relationship. Hey, I'm here for a purpose. You know what? You're here for a purpose. You're part of Heritage of Faith for a purpose. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter three. And we talk about being cultivated. We're God's cultivated field. Realize that means he's equipped you with everything you would need to be fruitful. Then it says this in verse nine, for we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry and you are God's building. Let's go down to verse 16. It says, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. You are God's building. You are God's building. Not this, this facility here. You are God's building. Look to your neighbor and say, you are God's building. You're God's building. And here it says, know ye not that the temple of God, that would be God's building, Right? And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So you are God's building and realize what's in God's building. The spirit of God. You see, see, he's working with us. How did he work with Jesus? We talked about he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Right. But how was he with him? Well, you have to read the first part of the scripture. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, how was God with him? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. You see, God working with us in this hour, in this day, is about the Holy Ghost working with you, it's about the Spirit of God working with you. The Holy Spirit wasn't sent to be a feeling. It wasn't sent to give you goosebumps. Uh, it wasn't sent just so you could speak in another tongue. It was sent to empower the life of believer. It was sent to do what you couldn't do in your own ability. It was sent to be, help you be a father you couldn't be in your own, to, to, be a, to be a mother you couldn't be in your own, to be a spouse that you couldn't be on your own. It, it was the very thing that will empower you into your future, the very thing that will empower you and equip you and strengthen you and anoint you to do what you're called to do. You're God's building. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. See, it's not just Justin having to do things in himself. It's, it's, not, it's not us as a church doing things in ourselves. This is about God working with us. And how is God going to work with us? He's going to work with us by the aid of the Holy Spirit. He's given us his precious Holy Spirit. I'll elaborate on some of this probably next week, but he said, if, if you being evil, 
natural. If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more would the Holy Spirit give the gift of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a treasure that exceeds. And I'm telling you, he was sent alongside. He empowered Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to fulfill his ministry. This is a season of synergy. It's a season where God is working with us, working in us, working through us, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Go to Zechariah chapter 4, and I'll close with this. Thank you, Father. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 4. It says, so I answered, I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, so I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered me, said, do you know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. Hallelujah. Then he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive tree, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So what was the word of the Lord that was delivered? Here it, it, said, it said, these bowls came, by the, came next to the candlestick, and it, the Amplified says, yielded a ceaseless supply of oil. A ceaseless supply of oil, meaning it didn't run out. Meaning it was, it was always had enough. And, and so he was telling Zerubbabel, this isn't going to happen in your own ability. It's not going to happen by might. That means it's not going to come about by an army. It's not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by my spirit. I mean, what I've called Zerubbabel to do is only going to come to pass when, when you understand that it's not going to be by your might. And I want you to see that no matter what your purpose is in life and the vision for this church is and the direction that is not going to happen in our own might. It's going to happen by his spirit. It's going to happen by his ability. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, Zerubbabel, he's the one one that kind of led the torch and, and to help get people out of captivity. You know, the word Zerubbabel means sown in Babylon. Meaning sown into this world's order, this world's system. And Jesus is a picture of Zerubbabel. He was sown in this world system to deliver this world system into the kingdom of God. And how is it going to happen? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Next verse says, verse 7 says, For who are you, O great mountain of human obstacles? So what obstacles might be standing before you? Is it how you see yourself? Is it your past mistakes? Is it failures? Is it finances? And here he says, the, the word of the Lord is still going to us, who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? I mean, who are you to be able to stand before what God's wanting to do? Before Zerubbabel. Hallelujah says, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the finishing gable stone with loud shoutings of the people crying grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house 
and his hands will also finish it. Let me say that again. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will also finish it. How is his hands going to finish it? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, in Zechariah here, he's talking about prophetic, prophetically about Jesus coming. Hey, he established it here, but you know what? He's also going to finish it here. And how is it going to happen? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No matter what you're called to, where you're called to go, who you're called to be, you need to understand it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your own power, but it's going to be by his spirit. Hallelujah. The spirit of God is working in you. The spirit of God is working in you. Hallelujah. We are laborers together with God. We are God's husbandry. We are God's building. The spirit of God dwells in you. And that spirit will strengthen you, empower you, direct you, show you things to come. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. It's expedient that I go, meaning it's advantageous that I go away. This is John 16. It's expedient that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus realized I needed this. I couldn't have fulfilled my life without it. I couldn't fulfill my calling without it. I couldn't have fulfilled God's will because his spirit in my life was him working in me, working through me. And I want to encourage us as a body. It's not just a season to go to two services, but it's a season of synergy. He is working with, with us. And I'm telling you, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that will empower you into every area of your life. Empower you. And it's not just church things. It's, it's, no, it's every area of your life. The Holy Spirit is there to equip you, to strengthen you, and empower you in life. He's working in you. He is working in you. He is working in you to will and to do His good pleasure. He's working in you, working through you to do His good pleasure. Everywhere you go, I want, I want you to get that in your heart. Everywhere you go, you're on assignment. Anytime you come into this church, you're on assignment. You're like, well, I'm just sitting here. No, you're on assignment. Maybe someone sitting next to you needs, needs a word from God. Maybe you, you're the one that's going to pray for them. Yeah, Kenny looks at Terry. Yeah, I got a word for you. What <laughs> did you see? He wants to work with you. Amen. Laboring together with God. And I'm excited about where we're going as a church. I'm excited about what he's going to do through us as a church. I'm grateful for and celebrate the 18 years that have taken place, and I'm excited about where we're going. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Doing work in us, doing work through us. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we thank you for the spirit of God that is at work in us to fulfill down to the last detail everything you've called us to do. Thank you, Father, that we're laboring together with you. We don't have to do this on our own. You don't have to do this on your own. But you're called to do it with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for what you called heritage of faith to be. And just as it talked about Zerubbabel, it said, it said, he that started it 
he would also finish it. So I thank you for Philippians chapter 1, that he who began a good work in us will complete it. He who began a good work in us will complete it. I'm going to say it one, one more time. He who began a good work in us will complete it. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for the work that you're finishing in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Working with us, working in us. I want you to really see in your heart that and know that everyone in here, not one of, one of you is insignificant in any way. Right. Not one of you is insignificant. I want you to see yourself the way God sees you. You are significant in his eyes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, he that began a good work in you will complete it. In Jesus' name, amen.